All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Scoop brought to you by the Quick Takes Podcast Network. We got a great episode for you right now. Gentlemen, how are you? We're doing good. It's a Friday. We're living. Uh, no complaints here other than the Celtics. They suck. Yeah, the Celtics suck. And we'll be getting into that a little bit later in the show. Jake, how are you? Good. You know, I'm in the same boat as Sam. I'm, I'm frustrated. I should be looking forward to the game tonight, but I'm dreading it more than looking forward to it. PJ, what you got? As always, I'm ready for another one. Most likely we'll be disappointed, yeah. as we are yesterday. Ready for another one. All right, so I've been watching a lot of Celtics, as I'm sure you guys have, and guess what? The disappointment is immeasurable. This Celtics team right now, so many fingers to point, so many issues on offense and defense, which leads me to my first question before we delve into some of the most recent matchups the Celtics have lost against. What do you think is the biggest issue for the Celtics right now? Is it offense or defense? Sam, start us off. You know, there's a lot to say. Um, I really, really, when you look at it, I don't think there's, you know, one thing to, to you know, put the blame on. But I'm going to have to say, you know, defense. We've always had, um, you know, we've, we've always had an offensive presence. We're not, obviously, we're not doing good now. But I think, you know, as the saying goes, defense wins championships. And, like a player like Marcus Smart that's out right now, um, so many times, time and time again, he's made those plays on defense that have carried over to the offensive end. And so, you know, for those reasons, I think I think that it, it starts with the defense. We need more energy. We need We need to do better. Sam, that's a great point to bring up. And let me throw some stats at you guys right now. So with Isaiah Thomas at the point guard position, the Celtics were still ranked number three in defensive ratings when he was on the roster. With Kimball Walker, at the point guard position, the Celtics are ranked number five defensively last season. Now, bottom 20 of the league. Fluctuates per game because there's so many just terrible Eastern Conference defensive teams. But we're bottom 20 of the league right now. Who do you point your finger at for that situation there, Jake? Is it Brad or is it the team? Um, I, I think it's a mix of both. You know, going back to your original question, I agree with Sam that the defense is more at fault just because I think this team has limitations offensively out of their control. Um, but if that's the case, you really need to lean heavy into your defense. And some of their role players are defensive-minded players like Grant Williams, uh, Semi Ojale. They're defensive first players. And if they're getting torched defensively like they are, that's just not okay. That's that's going to lead to like a skid like the one we've seen lately. But honestly, I, don't, I think it's some some of its ability, but some of its effort. Like that that Hawks game, they weren't even trying. Yeah, Gallinari was obviously on another planet shooting the ball. Um, hitting 10 threes, but they let him get hot because he was doing like shoot around type shots, wide open, standing by himself. And that comes back to effort. So that's, do you blame the coach or the players? I I, I say a mix of both, but I feel like um, Ainge and Stevens have both took their fair share of credit and rightfully so. But at the same time, the players have to show up. Like at the very least, you have yeah. to, and that, that the Hawks had 40 points at the end of the first quarter the other night. That's just pure horrible effort, wide open shots left and right. And that I'll blame the players for. PJ, do you blame the players or Brad for the lack of effort on display here? Um, I think everything stems from the head coach, in my opinion. Like, if you don't have a good coach and have, like, a, an array of just superstars, uh, typically you can, get, you can get away with that. But, I mean, we only have two stars on this team, and the, and the rest is absolute – dog food so you can't really put that past it so I, I i do blame brad i 
I, I like the way he schemes things. I, he's been a decent coach for a while. Always top three in uh, coach of the year votes. But I mean, like, just like, I'm just getting really sick and tired of seeing the same things over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, typically we've never been this bad, but like, I just never really seen anything different in his coaching style. And like, if you're on this bad of a losing streak and your team's morale is at an all-time low, wouldn't you want to switch up things? But it just seems like it's not... Yeah. No, you hit the nail on the head, PJ. Why isn't Brad switching up things? I really, really am wondering that. Is it just because the team has shut them out or has shut him off? They just don't listen to him? Maybe. And let me feed some more information onto that. And this is per source Touch and Rich in the morning when they interviewed um, Mike Gorman. So NBC Sports Boston during commercial break, for the likes of the broadcasters, they pan in directly into the huddle of the Celtics. So they can see what Brad Stevens is drawing up in play, in the um coming out of timeout. So the fans at home can't see it, but the people like Mike Gorman and Brian Scalabrini can see it. He says 75% of the time when they draw or when Brad draws things up, the team just doesn't do it. It just, they don't follow through with the instructions Brad drew up. And then every single time they come back to the huddle, Brad just doesn't acknowledge that they didn't pay attention to him and just goes back to it. So I think it stems from both sides of things because it's one thing for the players to tune out Brad Stevens and just do whatever they want willy-nilly. It's a totally different animal if they come back to the huddle and they're not held accountable for not paying attention to him. Because right then and there, it's a dual process of things just going south. So I think it's a combination of both Brad Stevens not holding the team accountable and the team just not paying attention to Brad Stevens. The answer then would be, how do you fix that? And that's firing Brad Stevens. He can't do that right now in the middle of the season because who else are you going to pick up? It's just no one's there for you. But I think right now it's just a tough, tough situation. And so let me ask you this, Sam. Right now, Wick Grosbeck said in the interview, and Danny Ainge confirmed in the interview in 98.5 Sports Hub, that they're not looking to add an additional piece right now because the trade exception only allows $18 million. They want to save up and spend that eight, uh, that $28 million coming offseason. Do you think that's a smart move, or would you rather buy into this team right now? Uh, buying into what? Buying into <laughs> and just writing the ship, just not making sure this team just actually is above five hundred. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's what I mean. I mean, you know, what exactly am I buying into? Because we, we're not – we don't look like anything right now at the moment. So I, I think uh, – you know, I think that – it's be best to, you know, go for it. Now we have, we have the team. Um, you know, we have the players. I think, I, I don't know what the disconnect is on that point that you just said um, regarding Gorman and talking about the players not doing it. I don't know where the disconnect is there. Um, you know, you're right. Brad needs to, Brad needs to have more accountability on the players, but I think we need to, we need to use the player exception. I mean, we got, we had the opportunity to get yeah. rid of Miles Turner. So let's not go, let's not that go to waste. You know, let's do something. Mm-hmm. Why, why wait? You know, what's the point of waiting? Jake, do you think the disconnect kind of stems from the fact that Brad Stevens just doesn't know how to control talent? That's always been something that people have said over the course of the years. And you see that Kyrie Irving, you see that Gordon Harrod walking away. And now you have the fan favorites and, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Brad doesn't seem to be able to control them as they are, as they have become mature all-stars. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a fair point. Cause I mean, obviously there's different reasons for all these guys, but in less than four years, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, and um, now Gordon Hayward have all left, all left. That's, that's for, I mean, say what you want about Isaiah that year, he was top five in MVP. Elite, very elite. And, we, we see what Kyrie's doing this year. 
Um, Horford was at the end of kind of his prime years, but was still a contributor who walked for free. And now Gordon Hayward has revived his career after leaving. Again, a lot of things go into that, but at a certain point, it's like, you got you to make do with the pieces you have here. We heard uh, two years ago, they had too many shot creators, you know, between having Kyrie at the time, Hayward, they had Morris at the time, Terry Rozier. Okay, that doesn't, I mean, I get it, like too many cooks in the kitchen, but that, that's a good problem to have. Too. Yeah. So now they don't have, they, all of those guys are gone. They don't have enough talent. And now it's, oh, we, we don't have enough creators. I mean, at a certain point, Brad Stevens needs to make do with the team he has. And it's it just can't like, I get it. Like there's ways to build a team and like, oh, they're one piece away. And maybe they are still one piece away, but I'm just sick of hearing that as a reason for them to not perform. And it, it, the worst part is it, it's been effort lately. Like that Hawks game, no effort on either side of the ball. Chucking up bad shots offensively and then defensively giving the Hawks whatever they wanted. That's a Players should bring the, that effort naturally, but if not, the coach needs to hold them accountable, and that doesn't seem to be happening. PJ, let me throw a hot take at you right here. Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, both have, been, have become scapegoats for the Celtics' woes in the seasons past. Now, do you think that people are just finally starting to realize that it was stemming all from Brad Stevens? And maybe these two guys just weren't what Brad Stevens couldn't actually simulate in them into the offense or the team that he wanted to produce. Do you think this is a fair assumption? Well, I, it's not so much that it could be that, I mean, like people have said like a former players have talked about like how like complicated, uh, I guess like, like, I don't know. I don't want to say the franchise, but like the system is in Boston. It's definitely different compared to like their former teams, but, uh, I guess it, it's different in that situation because, like, we've seen in the past where, like, star players have clearly took control compared to what you just said about how they've had too many good players on a certain team, like Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, when they had a budding star in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So there was there was more room for those guys as well. So they didn't have as many players dedicated to themselves. So I do think it's, it's different because, I, I don't know, just like, like – if you're like a star player at the Kyrie Irving or like Gordon Hayward, where like it's just their team pretty much in in, in a way, it's it, it's harder going into the Celtics where you, you have to constantly share the ball with other players. So I can't blame Brad for that, mm-hmm. having players that need the ball constantly in their hands. But I think you've got to take advantage of it because if you have so many players on one side that do something very well, you can't just like Gordon Hayward, like he was an absolute flop. I, I I think he was a bust when he came here. Like you can't, you can't pin that on the man himself. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you, like I just, we've seen so many players that like Brad had just not taken advantage of like Kyrie Irving. I just completely fell out of our hands. Gordon Hayward, which, which is bad. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is good, but I mean, like I, I, in the last few seasons, I've seen like a lot of players that have just gone and, and just went away. Like, what is that for upcoming free agents that, that want to come here? Be like, Oh, I don't like how they treated that dude like when, yeah. when he was there for two years. But, so, I mean, like, I, I feel like that just sets the upcoming offseason for players that particularly want to come here and, and win. But that just – it doesn't seem that way anymore. Let me feed into that comment that you made right there, PJ, because you're exactly right. Um, this is coming from Kevin O'Connor when he was talking to um, the GMs around the league or league executives – and he was asking and inquiring about the Boston Celtics and the situation around there. Supposedly, Danny Ainge has been blackballed out of any trade negotiations because of he was trying to ship around uh, 
Kemba Walker in the offseason. I know everyone's seen Kemba Walker as a damaged good with that knee injury that was I mean, it's actually a lot worse than people suspected. So now they're just like, oh, you try to ship us that damaged good when and you're telling us lies and you're you're being the snake. Because now everyone, no one wants to make a deal unless it unless it is extremely fitting for their roster, right? And so then it's you're really in a conundrum because now your coach can't connect with his team and the GM can't connect with the rest of the uh the NBA executives because they all hate him it's it's trader danny it's either boom or bust it's 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 not it's either this it's so lopsided it looks like they fleece the other team or it's you 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 get a small signing like enos canter there's no in between there with danny Ainge, and it is disappointing now let me shift um, the attention into some of the more recent offensive problems that have followed the celtics and this is for me watching the games the most disappointing fact is watching jason tatum huck up awful shots. I mean, dribbling into defenders, turning it over, isolation ball out the wazoo. Sam, what would you tell Jason Tatum that Brad Stevens isn't right now? Because obviously Brad Stevens isn't telling him anything. <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think it, Tatum has a bit of an arrogance to his game. You know, you can, you can see it like that, or you can see it as he has that Kobe mentality, like, Oh, I'm gonna get my shot. Like, you know, I'm putting it up. And you know, sometimes that works, but I think we could also make any shot he wanted. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that, that too. Um, so, you know, maybe it'll come with time, but I, at the moment, you know, I don't like how Tatum expects the ball in, in those last few seconds, you know, stand there top of the key, ISO step back three. It's just, it's the players must freaking know it's coming, you know? So I don't like that. You know, there, there was a few plays uh, during that Denver game when I, just like you said, Cole Tatum had the ball in the corner, you know, double teamed. And in this particular play, I'm thinking of like Pritchard was wide open at the top of the key and he, mm-hmm. he just, Tatum put it up and I, I'm getting tired of it. Tatum, you know, you, you gotta be a team player with Celtics. When we, when we get 25 plus assists per game, we're, we're, uh, you know, over definitely way over 500 team. So I think that's what we need, you know, passing, getting the assists, definitely the best way to go. Gotta be more aggressive. For sure, too. Like, I, I agree. You got to share the ball more. But, like, some of that is there's a ton of pressure on the two Jays, like Jalen and Jason, because there is mm-hmm. nothing else. And I don't blame them for not, like, having that much trust in their teammates. But, like, even if you're going to shoot it, the shot selection could be better. I feel like he takes, like, really difficult shots, like turnaround fades, um, just, like, fadeaways, like, along the baseline. When he wants to get to the rim, I feel like he does, like, almost whenever he wants. Take it to the hoop more. You're going to either get a good layup or you're going to get fouled. I don't have a problem yeah. with him being dominant, especially on a team with not enough creators, but like make the shots better shots, try to get to the rim. And once you're hot, then start going to the jump shot more. Just a real quick question for all of you. If you, if you guys were to have one of the Jays, like say if like one of them was like, I'm out of Boston, like I don't want to be here anymore. Would you guys rather have Jason Tatum on your, on your team leading the helm or Jalen Brown? Tatum. I'd rather have Tatum. And I'll tell you why, because Jalen Brown isn't a max player right now. He's just under the max. So I think he's a more tradable asset because he wouldn't take up a max spot. I, I just think Tatum's much like he can be a number one scorer. I, I think Brown at the end of the day is just a tiny bit below that still. Yeah, I have to I have to agree with they're very similar. But from at this point right now, I think Tatum just has that that DNA. You know, mm. I, I think he's can rise higher. And, and I think it's part of the offensive issues that it's coming up there is we don't have a big man that can truly stretch the floor. 
Al Horford, you had to respect his three, you know, and Brad Stevens loved running the high pick and roll. And then it would just discombobulate the whole defense of the other team because you had to respect Al Horford's three point shot. Daniel Tice can't sink threes consistently. The numbers suggest it and his shot release suggest it too. So it's, that's part of the problem, I think. And I know Miles Turner was in some trade talks with the Celtics the men's has a career high three point percentage this year. It's over 30%. It's almost 40% of this time. So I think why wouldn't we pull the trigger of miles Turner? Don't know. Maybe Brad Stevens had something to say about that, but um, that that's my Celtics nonsense that I had to clear out the system there because Brad Stevens has been really, really getting under my nerves Did that little smug face he makes too. And the little clapping at the end and the <laughs> awful timing timeouts too. That's been a career trend for him. The man doesn't know when to take a timeout. No, not at all. And I agree with you with the smug face. It's like like team is just like literally collapsing at the seams and he's sitting there smirking and it's it's just the most frustrating thing in the world to watch. It's like wipe that smirk off. <laughs> Speaking of smirks, how about that Kemba smirk after he like what airballed a three or something like that? Uh, it's like it's like, yeah, that's a, that, that that was comical, brother. It's like keep it up. <laughs> Or, or how about like Kemba Smirk when uh, Luka Doncic hit, hit, hit a game-winning uh, three-pointer right in someone's face, and the first thing he did was, was dap up uh, Luka Doncic and smile at him. Good times, good times with the Celtics. That's awesome. Yeah. It was so funny. Um, it was one of these snippets that I saw on Instagram, and it was from one of the places that there's fans in the stands. Wasn't there fans in the stands in Dallas, right? Yeah. Yes. And so um, – what do you call it? That Luka Doncic made that three, and then one of the fans started sh- shouting right at Kemba Walker when he was leaving, just like, good thing you have the night off tomorrow because you can't do back-to-backs, you old washed hag. I was like, oh, my God, this fan was just from the top rope over there. But um, you know, I was like, that's that's a quality comment right there. You're yelling at a basketball player you can't play back-to-back because he's washed. I think that would actually get under a player's skin. I think yeah. that's a quality insult. And then um, the, the guy who said it was probably eating a cheeseburger and was probably well over 300. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's. I don't even. I don't even remember. The guy was just normal-looking dude. That's, that's funny though. Um, let, let's take a, a look around the league here. Um, can we just take a look at the, the Eastern Conference right now? Like, good lord, the Eastern Conference stinks. Now, I don't want to uh, revisit some uh, old freezing takes of the hoop scoop saying that the Eastern Conference is going to be really good this year, but the Eastern Conference is awful. The only team with a winning record against Western Conference teams is uh, the Brooklyn Nets, and now most recently from last night is uh, the Portland, not, I mean, um, the Pacers, the Indiana Pacers. So there's only two teams in the East with a winning record right now, which is comical, absolutely comical. Yeah, I mean, there's only just overall winning record. There's only three teams above 500 <laughs> at 20 and 13. And then fourth place is the Pacers. They're 15 and 15. That's mm-hmm. like the Celtics is how bad they're doing. They're in ninth right now, which is actually sad because they're actually out of the but They're record. probably like only like, what, like five and a half games out of second place or something. Yeah, it's like because it, it's a lot of teams like them who have got missing large amounts of time or like struck like the Raptors horrible to begin the year they've recovered but because Same with the heat yeah yeah, the yeah. Heat, and the uh, heat i mean the heat have been missing butler they've been missing bam the Celtics were missing uh walker the first month plus of the season so like it's a weird season and you're seeing that with the standings like the two teams from the eastern conference finals last year celtics and heat are both under 500 right now at the midway point of the season so that's 
that shows you a little bit of where the Eastern Conference is at. Well, I know something nuts. Uh, the Celtics have only had two practices since Kimball Walker's come back. <laughs> what? I don't understand that that's a thing. It's like, well, what are we doing here? I don't. I don't think any like any teams are. No teams are really like practicing, right? Um, the games are so condensed that they're trying to like just like not add any extra like like workload to them because they're playing so many games. Yeah. But Celtics might be able to use one or two more practices right now. Yeah, run the three man weave. Let's figure out some of the games here. Do <laughs> the mic and drill. Yeah. Yeah. My bread and butter shot goes up for the shot and clanks off the rim. Jake knows what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So I think the East right now is a complete wash. Uh, PJ, what do you think about Anthony Davis being out on the Lakers? Do you think that will have a long-standing effect? And what do you think about his pro- um, the prognostics on, on him coming back? When do they say he's coming back? He's been on for what two weeks? And yeah, they, they don't know. Like, there's, there's they haven't come out and said like the a determined time period for him, which is a little bit sketchy. So I don't know. What do you think about the Lakers though? Well, I know currently what are they like? Like the last like six games or like five games are like one and four. I mean, like this team is way too much talent to the point where like people had like people are gonna start like like panicking now. I mean, mm-hmm. I like this. I like the Celtics. They actually have like a true starting lineup even without Anthony Davis, in my opinion. So I mean, like, I mean, Marcus uh, is still pretty good. So it, 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 even without his gross haircut, like from the playoffs, like he's still doing wonderful. So. uh no, but like no, that's that, that team is great. I don't I don't care how bad they're doing right now. Even with Anthony with Anthony Davis, they'll they'll go right back to to uh, original form. So there's nothing really nothing to worry about over there. I'm just honestly like I'm just shocked how good the Utah Jazz are doing this year. Like talking about another team from the Western Conference because like never would I thought like going to this part of the season that the Jazz like w- would be like number one in the in the league, let alone the Western Conference. By, by a lot, too. They're four yes. games above anyone else in the league. Insanity. Yeah. I guess uh, back at Biombo has uh, really cashed in the checks. He's 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 punching the ticket. It's a good team. They have just a lot of good players because they don't have, like, the star power of the Clippers or the Lakers. They're deep and they play good. You guys think they can, they can actually have a chance in nope. playoff time? Nope. I no, do. I'd, I'd still put the Lakers at the favorite, but, like, mm-hmm. like the Jazz are elite on both sides of the ball. I think they're like number three in defense and number four in offense right now. Like they're, they're dominant on both sides, but the Lakers have proved it. The Lakers just need to get to the playoffs healthy and they're still the team to beat. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right. Last topic here, guys, I want to get your read on uh, the last night's game for the Denver Nuggets. If anyone hasn't seen it, just look up final play of the Denver Nuggets game, and it's hilarious. There's a four-on-one opportunity. The Nuggets are down by two. What do they opt for? A step back three wide left. Here we go. Uh, first and foremost, Michael Porter Jr., you're in the NBA. Figure out how to cut to the basket. Good Lord. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that, to be honest, that that's all on him. Um, the guy who actually shot it, you know, that stupid shot, but, you know, whatever. I mean, look, um, I it reminds me of like my career when you pass it to like one of your teammates with like the last second shot <laughs> and you just don't want to like get a, like a minus teammate grade. So it's like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I think it was just like, they were all like thirsty for the game winner. Like, I think they know the logical play is like go, cut to the hoop, get the two points, go to overtime. But like, they're all picturing like the highlight reel of hitting the game winning three. And that just clearly was the wrong play. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, uh, Cool. You brought up a good point before we hopped on here about like Steph Curry kind of revolutionizing all this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, so right there, that that's 
that's the embodiment of, of what this league is now, you know, putting up threes easily could have tied the game. And I, I think that they're going to be kicking themselves in the, uh, in the ass there. They, uh, they, they really just, it was a dumb mistake. I think. Also to evolve upon that take it, Steph Curry revolution revolutionized the NBA to allow you to take that shot. Then LeBron revolutionized the NBA for allowing your coach not to get mad at you after you took that shot. So there, there's the two sides of the coin there. But yeah, I was watching that Denver game and then I turned it off because it was a little late and then I watched like the end of the game and I was like, oh, oh, that's the shot. Now There we go. But um, tough look all around. And I mean, Stephen Curry, we've already said he's he should be an MVP consideration because what he's doing over there with a bucket of rocks is pretty amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, well, Mr. Triple Single himself isn't helping him out, Draymond Green. So it's, it's hilarious. But, um, Did you guys see that Subway commercial with him and Jason Tatum? <laughs> bacon taste. That was funny as hell. Yeah. Mine's got bacon. <laughs> All right. Thus concludes this episode of the Hoop Scoop. Thank you guys for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next week, hopefully. Maybe uh, Brad Stevens and the Celtics will be able to uh, right the ship back above 500. Keep your fingers crossed. Good night, America. Thank you. <laughs>